today on Lawyers Rising. Anytime you ask questions like that, it can create resentment. And uh, you just, people need to be very, very careful. The worst possible questions you can ask in an interview. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by Harrison Barnes, the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search. Hi, Harrison. Thanks for making time for me. Thank you. You know, the job interview is such a critical part of the process of finding work. And a lot of people are kind of terrible at it and often will find themselves failing time and time again, interview after interview, and are often unsure what they're doing wrong. We've talked about many elements of this in the past, but today we're going to really focus on the wrong questions you can ask. Uh, We've spoken in the past about all the right things you should ask, but there are a lot of mistakes you can make in just the way you are questioning your interviewer. So we're going to do this um, over the course uh, of a couple of different groupings. And we're going to start with questions that show you can't do the job. And you know, sometimes a question can be very re- revealing, too self-revealing. Like bad questions like this might be about working from home, questions about how important is FaceTime, etc. Can you talk about, I guess, in general, questions that show you can't do the job and then specifically stuff like asking about, you know, whether or not you can work from home, uh, asking if they can do it remotely? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the big things is, is you know, when you're, when you're interviewing with any law firm, I mean, they want to make sure that you know, that you can do the job sort of in the way that they need it done. And so, you know, working from home is a big question that I think a lot of people have. And, and uh, you know, and it, and it kind of happens, you know, regardless of whether or not there's a virus or, you know, it's, it's very important uh, for a lot of people to work at home. Uh, the problem with working at home for a lot of firms is the productivity goes down, the quality of work that goes down many times. And, um, you know, I've actually had cases, I, I was representing someone once and, uh, they were a patent. They were like a patent litigator, and they they had uh, been an engineer since graduated from college, and they never had quit their engineering job, and literally had taken you know and uh, were working as an attorney at the same time. I mean, so all sorts of weird things happen uh, when people are working at home, and, and you know a lot of law firms just don't like it. So you know, people that show they can't do the job. I mean, they're asking. They a lot of times will ask questions about working from home. They'll ask questions about, you know, the hours. Uh, you know, anytime someone adds, asks questions about hours, it shows that it's a concern to them. Um, you know, and th- those are kind of two big ones, I think, that, uh, you know, send, send pretty bad signals to employers. Yeah, and again, you know, everyone's going to be kind of curious about what exactly their workload is going to be, but asking that directly can kind of give a bad hint about uh, maybe your work ethic, um, unintended or otherwise. So, you know, other kinds of questions um, are like, it, it kind of indicating your eagerness to start. Um, and this is another kind of uh, maybe a bit of a trigger, a bit of a warning, a bit of a red flag for potential um, employers where if you seem too eager to start, like asking, um, you know, how quickly are you deciding when you're going to hire or something like that can really give an indication that maybe you're out of work currently. <laughs> can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people want to start work quickly or they're, or they're in an unhappy job maybe, and they, they just really want to get out of that job. And, you know, law firms are trying to hire people that seem like they're going to, they're, they'll do well and that they, you know, they, they can, you know, transition into a, a new firm and, and, there won't there won't be you know problems and and so if someone's you know eager to start you know law firms kind of don't want to be pressured they want to do things on their own timeline and they want to make decisions when they want to make decisions and so you know if you're indicating an eagerness to start that that can hurt you and a lot of people do that I mean and uh, you know uh, they want the law firm wants to feel kind of like they're chasing you and that 
maybe they can get you to start a little bit earlier. Yeah, it's a hard thing to pull off, isn't it? Especially if uh, you're out of work or you're worried you're going to be out of work. You can come across as a little desperate, can't you? And um, that can be misread by a potential employer. So like you said, trying to play it a little bit cool might be a better strategy. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, other kinds of questions I'm thinking about in, in this kind of vein are, being really curious about other kinds of work the firm is doing, but not specifically the kind of work that they're hiring for. Um, again, may come across or you're trying to come across as being like intellectually curious or something, but might be giving some bad signals. Uh, talk to me more about like asking uh, about the different kinds of work a firm is doing other than uh, what they're hiring for. Yeah. So a lot of times, like, you know, when most of the time when a law firm is hiring, like they're, you know, most law firms, not all of them, but the majority of them, are hiring people to be specialists. And so a lot of times attorneys will want to do something else. I mean, they may be interested in getting experience doing, you know, uh, entertainment law if they're in a litigation firm. They may want to do some corporate work. They may want to do labor and employment if they're a litigation attorney or, you know, corporate attorneys may want to get some litigation experience. And, you know, the problem is, is, you know, if someone doesn't want to do that type of work, then, you know, and wants to do other types of work, then the law firm whoever they're working for is going to have to worry about that person not necessarily committing and doing a good job with the work that they're getting. So uh, that can be a real problem. And, and people are, you know, law firms are definitely turned off by that. You know, the inverse of that is asking questions that might show an unwillingness to do certain kinds of work questions like, uh, do you use contract attorneys to do document reviews? Or would I be able to run my own deals? Or Will I be able to take depositions and do trials? This might indicate that you don't really like that kind of work and you're trying to suss that out. Uh, Can you talk about how you kind of convey that you really are interested in all the work? Well, I mean, one of the big things is is that, you know, uh, law firms, you know, they they expect people to, you know, pitch in and do whatever is required. So, I mean, there are firms where, you know, I mean, I was talking to a, you know, like a, a partner at a major firm the other day that I'm working to place and, uh, you know, but he's got a huge book of business. I mean, with, you know, I don't know, I mean, you know, five or $6 million. And, um, you know, and he was, you know, he does, he spends a lot of time doing document reviews and, you know, and, and he does them himself. Like he gets in there and reviews documents and, you know, and in litigation, I mean, a lot of times, you know, uh, that someone that's like a first or second year associate, you know, once they get beyond that, they may think they're beyond document reviews. They're too important to do them. And, you know, law firms really want people that'll pitch in and just do what they're asked. And if you if you have problems with different types of work, uh, you know, then that then that's an issue. I, I had a candidate not too long ago that had gone to Yale Law School and then worked at uh, you know, Sullivan and Cromwell. And a lot of people from Yale go to Sullivan and Cromwell. So it's and had just a great experience there where she was, uh, you know, running deals and had all this experience. And and then she ended up going to a uh, another firm. And, and the other firm, they had her doing work that she considered beneath her, uh, not as sophisticated as she'd been doing at Sullivan and Cromwell, and then wanted to leave just for that reason and no other reason alone. You know, so, you know, if someone's not getting um, the type of experience, you know, if someone thinks they're above doing a certain type of work, you know, that's a big problem. And law firms are on the lookout for that. And they know that people will leave if they're not getting the work that they want. And so, too, people can be kind of nervous about a kind of work that they're going to be asked to do, like going to court. A lot of people can, can really scares them. Um, I think employers can detect if you're 
worried and, and, and kind of read that a weakness in that as well. Um, so uh, trying to beat around the bush and ask certain kinds of questions that you think are gleaning information for yourself might be giving off all the wrong signals, can't they? Yeah, I mean, I had a candidate uh, not too long ago that, uh, you know, was nervous about, uh, you know, going to court and doing trials and that sort of thing. And he got a job with a with a firm that expected him to do trials. And he just, you know, couldn't handle it. He was too nervous and they ended up letting him go very quickly. You know, he should have, um, you know, you know, probably should not have gone to work at a trial firm. Uh, you know, so people definitely uh, become, you know, nervous about doing certain types of work. And if you ask that, that, you know, then, then that's definitely going to turn firms off. One of the biggest mistakes I think people can make coming into a job interview is not being well-researched. We've spoken about this in the past, about um, kind of taking it for granted, uh, thinking that you didn't have to do the work to come in. Uh, and one of the biggest one is just re- like not even looking at their website, <laughs> like the basic information about what they do at this firm. Questions like, uh, what are some of the more significant transactions you've worked on? Or how many attorneys are in your patent prosecution practice area? I mean, these are things that can be easily gleaned by a simple Google search. And by asking those questions, you're sort of revealing that you really haven't done the work. Right. So, you know, that I think that attorneys do need to ask those questions. And uh, you know, and really, you know, before they ask them, I mean, they need to know the answer. And, you know, one of the basic rules of being a, you know, an attorney is, I mean, you're not supposed to ask questions you don't know the answer to. So, um, you know, that is definitely important. Another big one, I think, has to do with travel and travel questions. Um, a lot of people with families, especially, do not want to travel. Uh, but it's may, it may be a real key component of the job. If, is asking stuff like, will I be expected to travel or how often do attorneys travel? Is this a bad question too? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny about these questions because, you know, just asking one a lot of times can completely disqualify you from an otherwise great job. You know, you don't know if you're being interviewed for a job where you might have to travel. And then, you know, and it's sort of the tone, you know, that the, the attorney asks it so the law firm can tell if it's something that's that's important to them or not. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. What about asking about reviews and performance reviews? Um, you have it listed here, and I'm surprised that anyone would ask this question because it would give up such bad signals when you're already asking about how um, you're going to be graded. Have you encountered people that make this mistake? Yeah, I mean, people, you know, will, will I mean, sometimes the law firm will, you know, they'll say, do you have any questions? And uh, and then the person will just kind of think about questions to ask. And this is one that sometimes they ask and they ask them that. And, um, you know, and, you know, asking it, you know, means a, a couple of different things. It means that the person may be afraid of losing their job uh, so they don't like getting reviews. Or it can mean, you know, many times attorneys expect to get raises after reviews. So, you know, it, it may, you know, be a question about how often they get raises. So, they, you know, that that's always not a great idea. There's another question here that you have listed that I find surprising anyone would ask because it would give off such bad signals. And that's asking about references, just asking, would you like to see references? Do you check references? I mean, it seems kind of obvious on its face that people are going to be checking your references. And indeed, if you're listing in there, you should be prepared that they're going to be called. Do people ask these questions? Yeah. I mean, people will ask if they'd like to check their references and that sort of thing. And and it's just, it, it sort of takes away the power from the employer during the interview. It's kind of their responsibility to ask that. So there's no reason to bring it up. Mm. What about asking about aspects of the job that you may not be particularly good at? Questions like, 
do you have people who can proofread my work? I mean, that, that's sending up some pretty bad signals and flares, I think. Can, uh, talk about these sorts of questions. Yeah, I mean, people ask these questions all the time. I mean, I had a candidate that was at a, a major law firm and, uh, and I, you know, I learned that, you know, he was losing his job. And, and so he, he was losing his job because he wasn't proofreading his work. And so he started going into interviews, asking the employers if they had proofreaders on staff. And, you know, and then in the course of the employer would, you know, tell them whether they did or not. And they would ask him why. And he would just say, well, it's important for me to, you know, have someone that can proofread my work. And so, you know, that's just not a good idea. I mean, if you ask that kind of question, you know, it can definitely hurt you. A lot of people, a lot of attorneys are quite passionate about giving back, doing pro bono work. Is asking about the rules around pro bono work in an interview a bad move? In general, it is. I mean, the, you know, most, uh, you know, law firms, may, there's many law firms that are proud of the pro bono record and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in general, the people that are interviewing you are more concerned with whether or not you can make the money. So they, they definitely don't like it when you ask about pro bono. So Harrison, let's move on to the second grouping of questions. And you headline these as questions that show you can't be managed. Can you talk more about that, about giving off the wrong impression of your manageability, what that means uh, and how you can avoid uh, giving off the wrong signals? Yeah, I mean, law firms want to be able to hire people and, you know, have people there that are able to follow directions and do things in the way that the law firms, you know, need them done. So that means, you know, basically taking orders and, uh, and, and listening to whoever has, you know, kind of is, is setting the mission. And that's, that's true, actually, for partners and uh, associates. And I was doing a, a webinar today, and there was a, a, a young woman that said, you know, she, she wasn't able to get a job. And, and the law firms who were interviewing her said that she just seemed too independent. And, you know, and, and law firms don't want, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being independent, but if you want to work for other people as part of an organization, you know, you have to think, you know, you really have to, uh, you know, be careful. So you want to, you know, not ask questions that show that you may not want to be part of a group, uh, do things that the law firm and the way the law firm wants, and, uh, you know, not able to follow direction. So let's get into some specifics here. So questions that indicate that you are better than the job you're applying for. Um, a lot of people make this mistake. They come in uh, giving off the wrong signals, like with questions like, how long do I have to do this sort of work until I move on to bigger matters or how soon until I can get to trial experience? Uh, can you talk about these sorts of questions and why they're such a mistake? Yeah. I mean, people, the, the, most times when people are hiring you for, for in a law firm, I mean, they want to hire people that are going to do what they're, the work that they're given. So, you know, they typically will have, uh, you know, certain type of work and, uh, and, and they'll need people to do it. And they don't want to hire people that, you know, may not want to kind of get and do, do, you know, get down and do the grunt work. And if you give the impression that, you know, you're like that, then they're, they're not going to be interested in hiring you. I mean, they want, people that'll do whatever, you know, whatever they're asked to do. You know, another kind of similar sort of question is asking about staff support. Um, you know, will I have my own secretary? What's the word processing department? All of these questions sort of indicate that you might be a little bit too big for your britches, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they do. And, uh, you know, asking about all the support you have is, is, is not a good idea. I mean, they'll, we'll talk about it. But you know, if you start asking questions like that, then you know, they'll assume that if you don't get the kind of support you want, you'll be unhappy. And uh, law firms don't want to hire people that are going to be unhappy. 
So questions about negative things in the firm's history, uh, online reviews. Everyone does a Google search, or at least they should, of the place that they are going to go do an interview at. Inevitably, they're going to run into some controversial things, be it your reviews or news articles, whatever it may be. So uh, is bringing this up in an interview a terrible idea? I mean, you, do, you are showing that you're you know, interested and did, did some research. Well, almost every law firm out there has negative things about them. I mean, almost every law firm has been sued for for something negative. I mean, whether, you know, there's, you know, the, it's just, it's just kind of the way, the way it works. And so, you know, when you start talking about that, um, you know, it makes people think that, you know, you're kind of thinking negatively about the firm just because of something that's happened. And anytime a group of, you know, 20 people or 40 or a hundred people or 500 people get together, you know, not everybody's going to have a good experience. So asking, questions about those things, uh, it's just not a good idea. I mean, it makes the interviewer, you know, not feel very good and puts everyone on the defensive. And, you know, I've seen people do that in interviews all the time. And, and they just, if you do something like that, you, you automatically just don't get hired. I mean, it's just such a bad idea. Everyone wants to know what the bosses are like. You know, if you're being interviewed by an associate or even a partner, um, can you talk about asking about management? And, and often people make the mistake, I think, of trying to become really friendly with their interviewer, trying to cozy up to them and maybe trying to um, get some inside information, you know, asking how the firm is managed, how are decisions made in the firm? Is this also a bad idea? Well, it's a worse idea for associates than it is partners. But uh, in general, yeah, you, you typically don't want to ask about that sort of thing because if you do ask about that sort of thing, it means that you you know you potentially could be critical to management. So the law firm is not interested in, in those sorts of questions. Just not a good idea. You know, I've made the mistake I think in interviews of trying to get too buddy buddy with my potential interviewer. Um, you warn about asking questions about the personal life of your interviewer. I think this is a mistake I've definitely made in the past. Why do you think this is a mistake? Because you know, again, it tries to show maybe some empathy. Or you're trying to uh, be a friendly uh, kind of interesting person. Um, but does this give off the wrong signal? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I just don't think, um, you know, it's, 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 it's really a, a good idea. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the, you have to kind of have some distance in your interviews and it's just not smart. Um, is it a mistake to ask about compensation uh, and ben like stuff like benefits? Um, inevitably, you're going to come to that conversation uh, if you're offered the job, but should you just ignore that in the, in the first round of interviews, at least? I think so. I mean, what I tell people is, you know, your, your objective when you go into an interview is to, to get the job. And if you start asking about those sorts of questions, then, uh, you know, then, you know, you're kind of directing and making people think that, you know, that's your, your, your kind of number one concern. And, and law firms just, you know, for the most part are not interested in those sorts of questions. So you need to be very careful about asking about benefits. And a lot of people do that. And, uh, you know, and frankly, I mean, many of the attorneys there don't even know about benefits. So, you know, because they're working all the time and they don't have time to really go to the doctor and that sort of thing. So, you know, you, you're, most of your questions should be about the type of work you're doing, how you can contribute, you know, what your typical day is like and that sort of thing. And not, not, you should really not worry about benefits. And there, there's something that are important to a lot of attorneys. So I'm not minimizing, uh, you know, the, you know, the importance of benefits, but, you know, those are things you can ask about after you're hired. And if you, you know, if you're basing your decision on that before you're hired, it's just not a good idea. 
you know, comes to mind too that other kinds of special accommodations that you may need and indeed are entitled to, but nevertheless, bringing them up, especially in that first interview, might be a mistake because what's the interview is just looking for reasons to cancel people and to uh, to remove them from the list. And I guess sending off those sorts of signals can make you uh, right on the chopping block, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I had a, again, I was on a webinar today, and the uh, you know someone was asking a question. They said that they had you know very bad diabetes and they had to carry a insulin pump or something with them. And, and they wanted to know, you know, if that was something that they should bring up in their interview. And I, and I said that, no, it wasn't. I mean, you don't, you don't want to talk about this stuff during your interview. It's just, and, and really the reason is, is because first of all, it could scare law firms away. But, but the next thing is, is, you know, every, you know, attorney during, um, you know, when they're interviewing you has the option of, you know, typically hiring several people. So anytime you bring up something that, that shows there could be problems with you, um, you know, it, or, or, you know, then, then it's, uh, it's just not a good idea. Yeah. You know, we talked earlier about asking about how the place is managed and, you know, asking about the stability of a particular law firm, um, the quality of support staff, these sorts of questions. Is, are these all under the rubric of putting too much emphasis on them rather than on you? Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you ask about uh, support staff and, and other sorts of things, I mean, uh, you know, you should you should really be you know concentrating on uh, you know what you can contribute, and 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 that's a good you know point that you just said about putting emphasis on them. You shouldn't be it, it it's their opportunity really to interview you, and not the other way around. And asking about perks and stuff, you know, we talked about compensation, uh, you know car services, uh, expense accounts, these sorts of things. Everyone wants to know if those are there. Uh, when is the tactful time to bring these sorts of questions up, do you think? Is it after you get hired or is it in the, the kind of that, that pre, the negotiation phase after you've been offered the job rather than the, the, pre, the preliminary or secondary interview? Yeah, I mean, all these things I think should be asked about after when you should, you know, if, if that's important to you, you should ask about it after. But, you know, anytime you put the emphasis on, you know, support or perks or, you know, the, the management and, and, and all those sorts of things, then it turns around to you, be, to you interviewing them. And that's really, and, and I think that's a good point you brought up. And I don't even think I really said that in the article, but, you know, you're, you, if anytime you put an emphasis on, on, uh, you know, some on them and not you, then it, it kind of puts them on the spot and they should be putting you on the spot and not, and not the other way around. The third grouping of questions, the, the mistakes, the big mistakes that people make when they're in an interview are questions that show that you will not do the job long term. This has to be a huge concern for almost any employer, but particularly uh, an attorney uh, and a firm because uh, people like to jump around, don't they? They want to climb that ladder as quickly as possible. But this is always sort of the nightmare for uh, someone that's hiring for any position is that they're going to be doing this again in a year or 18 months. So can you talk about that just in general? And then we'll get into some of the specifics about these mistakes of indicating that you're not there for the long term. Yeah. I mean, a law firm really wants you to go there and commit. And, uh, you know, and, you know, certainly not everybody can make partner inside of law firms or not everybody's you know, suited to remain in a law firm over the long term. But it, and honestly, I mean, they, they, they want to hire people that they think are going to last because there's just a lot of, you know, issues when, when, when an attorney leaves, I mean, that's, it, it, you know, creates issues with the clients, it can affect morale, it, they have to hire someone else. And so none of this is, uh, none of these things are easy for the law firm. And it's just, it's just a lot of work and, and for them. So they, they really want to hire people that are going to stay. And, 
unfortunately, there, you know, a lot of people join law firms and aren't committed to practicing law and, um, you know, will end up leaving. And, and, and so law firms are really trying to hire people that they think are going to stay. And it's, it's a very important thing. And it's a, it's a big, you know, when, when a law firm looks at a resume, they can a lot of times tell, you know, whether or not you're going to stay. But uh, they really want to hire people that they believe are going to last. And it's a delicate balance for that employer trying to find someone that's eager and willing to work hard, but not too eager and seeming to want to rise up the ladder too quickly, are too kind of obsessed with status and money, even though people are inevitably kind of obsessed with status and money. So it's a you're walking a bit of a razor blade, aren't you? A bit of a, a thin line here. Um, again, we talked earlier about questions about bonuses and other financial issues. Uh, when you emphasize, overemphasize that, are you just giving that signal that you're just a little bit too, uh, a little bit too eager? Well, I think anytime you ask that sort of thing, then it, you know, it shows that it's very important to you. And then if that's important to you, then, you know, then the law firm knows that, you know, you're joining them for, you know, for money reasons, which is perfectly fine, but you know, that you're not necessarily going to commit and stay there. And if someone offers you uh, more money, they want to believe that, you know, you're going there with the objective of staying there for the rest of your career and uh, you know, kind of dealing with highs and lows and so forth. And, if they don't think that you're that kind of person, then they're going to try to find someone that can. And and honestly, I mean, it, what that means is they're almost kind of looking for someone that they believe that you know will accept uh, what they offer and will will you know you know it's almost like a marriage. I mean, they you know you have the good and the bad, and and they want to separate the people that they believe are going to commit because there's always going to be bad. I mean, law firms are going to have all you know our businesses, and they go through hard times and, you know, uh, and, and all sorts of things and uh, scandals and, and then they, you know, have financial issues. And there's, there's the kind of attorneys that will stick around through that. And there's the ones that won't and they want to hire the kind of people that will. And it's not easy because there's, you know, most people, you know, won't commit, but the people that will, uh, you know, are important. People are often want to show that they're going to be workers and that they're interested in advancing and expanding their skill set but that can be a mistake can it in asking for maybe too much responsibility outside of the scope of what the job is that they're actually interviewing for again a bit of a delicate balance to uh, to negotiate can you talk a little bit about this about uh, you know asking too many questions about things outside of the role you're being interviewed for yeah i mean you want to um, you know make sure that you're um looking like you want to work there for the long term. And, and that's not an easy thing to do. So, you know, if you don't, then uh, and any type of questions that, that show that, you know, you won't are, are, are obviously not, not good. So you need to be careful. What about asking about making partner or the typical, you know, time that it takes to advance to partner when people are evaluated, et cetera. Um, again, it shows that you're interested in, in advancing up the ladder but you can rub people the wrong way, can't you? Should you just not even bring up partnership? Yeah, you shouldn't bring up partnership. I mean, you just, uh, it's not something um, that, that should be brought up. Uh, you just, you know, you don't bring it up. And, um, you know, and, and certainly it's important to people. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and it's, it, it, you know, I, I can see, you know, the law firm typically will bring it up. I'm, and I can remember when I was interviewing with, with certain places, the law firm would bring it up. But um, it's not something uh, you necessarily want to bring up. So you need to be careful about that. So we were talked before about um, bringing up compensation and other kinds of perks um, and also asking about special accommodations. And, and one of them 
that we didn't bring up is, is maternity leave, paternity leave vacations. We've talked about this before in the past about how, especially in firms, it can be a bit antiquated when it comes to these issues. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you think it's a mistake to even bring up maternity leave or paternity leave in an interview? Well, it's because, you know, it's showing, um, you know, that you're planning on, um, you know, you know, I mean, everyone, people have children and do all sorts of things in law firms, but, uh, you know, ask, asking about maternity leave and paternity leave and so forth is just not not a smart thing. And it's, um, you know, something that, uh, you know, shows that, you know, you may not be around for the long term or you may, you know, and a lot of times when people go on maternity leave, they just don't come back. So uh, you need to be very careful about that. So the, another question that comes to mind is showing that kind of a lack of enthusiasm for the job, um, coming across as being a little bit blasé. Uh, we have talked about this in the past as well, about kind of showing uh, the wrong sort of, um, I don't know, motivations for being there if or no motivation for being there in the first place. Can you talk about the, that a little bit and, and why you think it's it's such an error people make? Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes people, I mean, it, it happens, you know, to all sorts of attorneys. I mean, I've seen attorneys that are, you know, people that just, you know, are in law school that don't get offers because they don't seem enthusiastic or, you know, a lot of times when an attorney gets older, like they don't have enthusiasm. And so, you know, it's very important that you, you know, do what you can to show a lot of enthusiasm, you know, for the position. And uh, the more enthusiasm you show, the better. And, you know, law firms want to hire people that are excited about the job. And if they don't think you're excited, then they know, you know, you're going to leave. And that's really the biggest danger. Earlier, we talked about the mistake of asking too many personal questions of your interviewer, trying to be a little bit too friendly with that person. Um, but, you know, being liked and being likable is a huge part of an interview, uh, whether people will admit that or not. Um, so, but you can't do it so blatantly, but there are definitely ways, if you can do it in a negative way by asking questions, that will make people not like you. And I, I really like this section that you write about here, because I think all of us can definitely walk into these traps. Um, talking about, uh, you know, the, the clients that a particular firm ha has, or even talking with other attorneys in the office that seem off, you know, like um, what's going on with that person, for example, or is that your client with a particular intonation in your voice? This can come off as very snotty and snobby. Can you talk a little bit about this? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, you don't, you want to, you know, approach the firm and the and the people there, and you want to make sure that you need to be likable. So when you start asking about whose client someone is, if it's not their client, and you know, one example would be like I remember when I was practicing, uh, and I was working for this partner that didn't really have any clients, and uh, and I asked him if some so and so was his client, and he and it wasn't, and I could tell that he got defensive about it and didn't like that, and um, and from then on he didn't really like me, so. You know, you just people, you know, if, if uh, you know, some, if it is someone's client, they will tell you uh, many times or you, know, you just don't say anything. But you don't want people to really get defensive about any of this stuff. One of the ways that you can do that is to reveal that you come from a privileged background. Um, it's a strange thing in the United States. It's a country of striving to the top, but also of. Uh, a little bit of class warfare there with people that come from more middle-class backgrounds, kind of uh, not looking that uh, fondly on people that came from very rich or privileged backgrounds. Like, you know, I can imagine questions like, you know, do, who does anyone play squash or uh, right. is there, uh, is there, is where are the near, nearest horse stables to those, you know, these sorts of questions. Do you vacation in Aspen? 
um, these sorts of uh, questions. Can you talk a little bit about this? Because uh, it's it's a delicate thing to uh, to manage, um, uh, trying to reveal whether or not you come from a privileged background. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, there's obviously in the United States, I mean, there's so much class resentment and, and issues between, you know, different types of people. And, and, and it seems like it's, you know, kind of an almost in a revolution, I mean, in a lot of respects. And, um, you know, so anytime you ask questions like that, it, it can it can definitely, uh, you know, it can create resentment. And uh, you just people need to be very, very careful. And there's so many ways that, you know, people cannot cannot like you when you go into interviews and, uh, you know, and that's and that's one of them. I mean, anytime you you know, you know, you, you just need to be very careful. Yeah. And speaking of being very careful, you know, asking your questions of your interviewer too much. I think one of the big takeaways from this is don't ask your interviewer too many questions about themselves, like about their racial or, or sexual background or religious background or where they live, uh, whether or not they have kids, even though these might be very well-meaning or well-intentioned, um, you don't know what the answers are to those questions. And therefore you may be offended without realizing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, one example would be, um, you know, I remember there was a, a, uh, an attorney that I that I was working with and um, they were living kind of in a bad part of town. And it was, uh, you know, someone of a certain race and it doesn't really matter. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and they, they said that, you know, they were they they uh, all the other attorneys lived in a certain part of town, another part of town in the farm. And uh, they always felt left out because all the attorneys were living in a certain part. And, you know, it's just. And so things like that, people are very sensitive about. And, uh, and, you know, and sometimes people are very proud of where they live, but, you know, but you just have to be careful. And, you know, asking about race and sex and stuff like, you know, I remember once, uh, you know, I was talking to, uh, you know, a candidate and they had all the stuff about having gone to Brigham Young and stuff on their resume. And uh, so I asked them if they were Mormon and, uh, and, and they got very offended and because uh, I guess they left the church and so forth. And, had issues with it. So, you know, so you just have to be very careful and, and people, you know, want to don't, you know, you just, you just don't bring this stuff up. And I, I just hate to say it because, you know, a lot of times it can go the right way, but it can go the wrong way. You know, even to like trying to bring about some solidarity between you and your interviewer, maybe you hope that they have the similar alma mater or a specific, specific fraternity or something, or even the year they graduated, asking any of these questions could, you know, find out that you have some similarities with your interviewer, or it could really annoy them as well and make them not like you. Right. Just to kind of wrap this up here, the, you know, questions about negative reviews of the law firm. We've talked about that, um, bringing up these sorts of uh, negative parts of the firm that you may have read about, or, you know, asking about why a particular attorney left a particular firm, all questions you may be curious about, but again, just bad ideas, right? If to, to do this inside of an interview. Yeah, just not a good idea. I mean, you just need to be very careful and, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to bring up, uh, you know, negative issues like that. So we did a lot here. We did like 45 of the worst possible questions. And I think for anybody going into an interview, um, it would be very helpful. On the other hand, uh, if you do it maybe two, like five minutes before an interview, all these will be rattling around inside your head a little bit too much. So uh, I think this is why you kind of structured these into three kind of groupings. But my big takeaway from this, again, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but is, is just to make it uh, less about uh, them and more about you uh, and not 
they're not trying to ask too many uh, probing questions that, uh, you know, you may need answers for, but certainly not in the first interview. It's not the place to try and get those answers, right? Yes, I um, agree. I mean, I think that um, that's just a really good point. I mean, I and I and I really I think that you took that away. I'm glad from the article. And I think that's really kind of the point is you just you know, you want to want to approach everything like you're interested in the job and, uh, you know, that you can, you know, that, and uh, not make it about the interviewer because anytime you make it about the interviewer, they can get offended. Harrison Barnes, thanks for making time for me. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.